<laughs> There's just nobody like Jesus. I promise you. If you found anybody that can do, <coughs> sorry, anybody that can do more than what Jesus has already done, haven't found that kind of person yet. We normally say, show me something, anybody to do. Anybody that can do what Jesus hasn't done. I promise you. The good news is that the bad news about you was wrong. Oh yeah. That's right. They said you're not going to make it. <laughs> they said you're not going to make it while well, you are here tonight. So you give yourselves a hand of praise. God knows that you are here tonight. Nobody, nobody can undo what God does. Nobody. Oh, encounter Krugersdorf. Oh. <laughs> the devil's got problems, brother. You know why he's got problems? Because you're starting to believe that you have what it takes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. The church is growing up, man. Hey, guys, I just simply love you guys, man. Thank you. Where's the drummer? How's it? My head looks good. They say, <laughs> they say people who live in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, folks, you don't come to church to have challenges. You come to church to rejoice. I mean, that's the, that's the order of heaven. As it is in heaven, so shall it be on the earth. My Bible says there is joy, not happiness, there's joy. Sometimes, sometimes you got to rejoice until that depression leaves you. Until that stuff that's not of God just gets out of your spirit. Joy, again I say rejoice, and again I say rejoice. Hallelujah. You know what rejoice means? Have your seats quickly. You know what rejoice means? It means I've had joy at some time. I'm just going back to what I had and we call it going back to the joy. Rejoice. And again I say rejoice. I want to thank God for the privilege of being with you over this couple of conferences. But I also want to honor the father and mother of this movement of God. Can we put our hands together for Prophet Leon Dupree as well as Prophetess Esther Lee and their children. Father, we thank you. We give you the glory. We give you all the honor. Only you know why you choose us. And we give you the glory. Amen. God bless you. Sometimes I think God can use somebody else. You know what I mean? But don't feel too envious. He decided to use me tonight. Amen. He could have, <laughs> he could have used so many other oaks. How many of you know he could, he can use an angel and get all of you saved quickly? Oh yes, because you know what? We fail to see the glory in us because we see the outer man. That's why on the Mount of Transfiguration, when Jesus asked in Matthew six, "In who do men say that I am?" You got to worry what other people think about you. Jesus says, "Who do men?" say that I am. And they said, the revelation is you are the Christ. So I'm not looking for another Messiah. Israel might wait for the Messiah to come, but I found the Messiah. I have the Messiah. I have the same Messiah that Isaiah prophesied about. I know he was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquity. The chastisement of my peace. I don't know about your stuff, but I know about my stuff. And what is done for me makes me an unashamed worshiper of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I don't need somebody else to worship God on my behalf. He was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon Him. And by His stripes, we are healed. And you're not just healed physically, you are healed emotionally. You are not just healed emotionally, you are healed spiritually. You're not just healed spiritually, you are healed socially, you are healed 
Not only does He heal you socially, He culturally heals you so that you carry the culture of the Messiah. Give Jesus one more time a hand of praise. Come on. Hallelujah. To God be the glory. Oh, we are the right place, Lord. Yeah. That's why um, if nobody, I, I normally pray like this, not being arrogant. There's a difference between confidence in Christ and arrogance. Arrogance doesn't make room for other people. Confidence and boldness. You understand that God will say, Moses, my people. Joshua, my people. Jesus, the world. Unfortunately, you and I qualified when we were not in Christ. Sinners qualify for divine attention. Oh yeah. So if you're not in Christ and you think I'm a sinner, welcome to the place of greatness. Welcome. You should be here tonight not to sit and hold back and let that devil run your life for you. You should actually tell him tonight is the last night my flesh is going to give you room in my life. This is the last night you're going to have, you're going to have breakfast from me. It's the last night. How many of you know this church, this movement of God is going to give a lot of people never get familiar with what God is doing. You see, familiarity is that one thing that robs you of your miracle. Isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't this Mary's boy child? Isn't this the one who grow, grew up from Nazareth, born in Bethlehem. Is this not? No, no, this is not Mary's boy child. This is the king that laid down his life for you. Not a savior. It's the king born in Bethlehem. It's the king who's my savior. He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He's not just anybody. But when I can perceive what he carries, I can have what he has to give. Because what he carries is for every man, every woman, every son, every daughter. And how many of you know you can be 80 years old tonight? How old is the anointing? The anointing does not age. He's the same God today, yesterday, and forever. He is still the same God. He's the same God that opened up the Red Sea. He lives in me. He's the same God that caused the sun to stand still for Joshua. He is the same God. Nothing changed about Him. I'm changing, but He is still the same God. He didn't get older. He didn't get less greater. He is great all by Himself. He is still the great I Am in the midst of us. That's why I give God what He wants. Give Him what He does not have. Yeah, there's some stuff God doesn't have. God doesn't have you until you meet Jesus. He seeks. That means He doesn't have it. To save. That's why no matter how big you are, how many sinners found Christ since yesterday? Oh yeah. Because you can't buy life, brother. <laughs> but you can give life. He doesn't have. You know, God is so hungry, prophet, for a human being to be in His presence. You know, if nobody invites me to preach, for example, I wouldn't even get depressed. Because I'm meeting the need of somebody who says, I'm seeking a man that will stand in the gap. That's why you can come into His presence even if you can't sing, man. It's okay. How many of you know the Lord is the best singer on the planet? God sings. The Lord, your God in the midst of you is mighty and He rejoices over you with singing. I mean, you thought you have a nice voice. You must hear God when He sings. Oh yeah, oh yes. Oh my goodness. Hey prophet, I can sense such a weight of the presence of God. The Lord helped us last night. It was great. 
His heavens are open. Yeah. Why? Because heaven wants to meet you at the place where your need is. There's a third thing that God doesn't have. He seeks a worshiper. He's so hungry for a human being. He kept Enoch. Didn't allow him to come back. God wants a man and a woman to be in his presence. And then he got to Elijah. Elijah got so close that God said, it's okay, release the mantle. Let Elisha continue, but Elijah, you can hang out with me. Moses got so close because God is not invisible. It's a matter of distance. No man shall see me and love, really. But I saw the Lord high and lifted up. The reason why Jesus doesn't appear to you, you just don't believe He's alive. That's why He can meet after the resurrection, before the ascension, He meets with people. After the ascension, He meets with Paul. And after that, He meets with me too. Jesus is alive forevermore. He lives forevermore. The closer you get to Him, the less there'll be of you. The closer you get to Him, He works with dead people. I'm a dead man living. Amen. The moment you die to self, the devil is no problem to the Holy Ghost. You know, you should see what the devil has been doing. Brother, I don't see what he's doing. He's watching me. No, he's got to spectate what we do. And then he can only just watch how God in Christ has defeated him. Has defeated him. Why can't we be possessed with the Holy Ghost and start understanding that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost and possessed by Him instead of talking about demon possession and talking about unclean spirits. No, the Holy Spirit lives in me, lives in you. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And because you are the temple, He will deliver you from the only enemy He has. And that's your flesh. The Bible says the Holy Ghost wages war against your flesh. Your nature is your greatest problem. Your nature. Somebody, let me get into the Word. Because I believe God is... Listen, folk, let me tell you, tomorrow evening, bring your whole family, man. You know what? That devil is targeting our families. Bring your whole family. It's a pity we can't bring the dog too. <laughs> bring your whole family. We're going to trust God tomorrow night and just pray for you. Why? Because you are closest to the deliverance of your next door neighbor. Oh yes. That's where you want to be. You don't want to wait for somebody to come when he is in you. And don't pray this prayer. I know, I know we say, Lord, please be with me. How with you can he be when he's in you? Yes. It's like sometimes he's got to ask me, never please set me free so I, they can see me in you. you. You cover me so much because your job, Neville, is to reveal who I am. Make Jesus famous, he'll make you famous. Oh yeah. I'm going to celebrate 40 years in ministry next year. And uh, I've enjoyed every minute of it. I'm still going to enjoy the rest of the time with it. It's just going to be wonderful. Uh, I'm married for 43 years. Yeah. And uh, Roji is my first wife, my last wife, my only wife. She sends a love and a greetings. And at the end of the day, we've been traveling quite a bit in this year. It's the first year in our marriage of 43 years that I would be alone at home. And Roji's preaching all over the place. Then when she comes back, <laughs> then I'm going. So I said to her this morning, I said, Listen, we weren't able to celebrate our anniversary because we, we have this belief in us. If she's with me, there's no need to go home because I am home. And she's home. 
There's no need to say, are we finished? We're going home. Listen, listen in our culture, baby. You know, white dogs have a different culture. <laughs> they first want to get their wife and grow up for five, ten years flying around. And then when they have children, the children call them uncle. <laughs> no, my daddy from a, my daddy with a bit of Jewish background would say, if you go to Israel right now, you'll see the young oaks are walking with six kids. <laughs> one here, one on the back, two in the pram, one here, and he's gone. <laughs> no, the principle is simply, I grew up with my boys. I played football in the same competitive environment with them. But I tell you something, by the grace of God, now they're 40 years old and celebrated Bradley's birthday yesterday, or rather Sunday. Yeah, what's it today? Monday, yeah, yesterday. And uh, it was just about maybe a couple of months old when Roger and myself stepped into the ministry. Because in the ministry, you don't serve God with your gift, you serve God with your whole family. Your whole family. How many of you know why the devil messes with family? Because he knows if you as husband and wife get it together, you have a corporate anointing, not an individual. You see, when you have a corporate anointing, you die to self-centeredness. Because heaven has an us. So when he looks at Troji and Neville, he finds another us in the earth, not an I. When he looks at the devil, the devil has an I will, I will, I will, I will, I will, and the I will ends in a pit. Amen. So I thank God for my family and all the things that Jesus is doing. You know, Prophet Brenton asked me, because we celebrated in Algoa Park, the ch church plant there for 25 years, and he asked me this question as he interviewed me. He said, Dad, what will you expect from Jesus if you go home one day? And I said, B, it's not a good question at my age, man. <laughs> wow. I said, B, I'm 68 in two weeks' time. So I carried on with him. I said, B, asking a question like this, like you're telling me my bazella years is waiting for me. He says, Dad, don't get us heavy. We, we, don't, we don't bury people in our kingdom. We are sown in weakness, raised in strength. We don't bury Christians. We sow Christians, Daddy. So I said to him, so what's up? So he says, what would you say to Jesus if you walked into heaven and you saw him? I said, you know, I was so touched by Catherine Kuhlman with the same question that you asked. And they asked Catherine Kuhlman, what will she do when she sees Jesus? I said, B, Catherine Coleman just said, if I see Jesus, I'm going to say to him, Jesus, I tried. That's all. And then Brenton turns home and he says, Dad, but you're not Catherine Coleman. <laughs> what would you say? I said, B, this is, this is the one line I have for Jesus. I don't want to say anything to him. Besides him saying, enter, good and faithful servant. This is what I hear in the spirit. I would love him to say, Neville, thank you for allowing me to work through you. That's all. Because I've never healed anybody. I've never delivered anybody. But I know he did it. He pulled it together. That's why when I worship him, there's just no, 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 no limitation for me. Somebody say with me, when I see the blood. One more time, when I see the blood. You see, even God has to see the blood. Isn't it amazing that an all-knowing God asks questions? He knows the answer while he still asks the question. Adam, where are you? doesn't sound right. You know why God asks questions? To teach you. When you ask a question, you can get a godly answer. 
Instead of living in the opinions of men, live in the God said of your life. Somebody say with me, when I see the blood. Go with me to Exodus chapter 12 verse 3 and tell somebody next to you, don't speak to me now uh, because I want to hear the Word of God. Something I nearly, yeah. Maybe I've, I forgot about it. Um, you know, I'm not a good salesperson. I normally have other people do this. But the Lord put inside of me at this season a book on led by truth, which is simply, uh, it's simply Jesus' life before Calvary and the uncoding of the names of the people God chose before Jesus. Like Elizabeth, Zachariah, John. For example, in all that family, there's a code of God in it. And I thought it'd be good for people to know the price Jesus paid before Calvary. So you can know, while you're waiting for an Uber to find you, Jesus walked for four days before he got to Lazarus' stool. And he wasn't late. Oh, he wasn't late. It took him four days to get there. So I, I thought, let me put it out there. Maybe the guys can just put the clip on the screen and just take a, just take a snap to bring the link or whatever. And then you go back and just be a good child of God and download or get in there, right? The issue is those names. For example, why would God choose Joseph? Why not Eric or Kuss? Huh? Why? <laughs> Why would God take Joseph and Mary? Why so meticulous? Why? Because Joseph means Jehovah adds. Mary means bitterness. So Jehovah finds bitterness and connects with bitterness to produce the Messiah. And therefore the Messiah has to be in Bethlehem because his title is the bread of life. So he's got to find the house of bread. And he cannot be born in the West. He has to come in the East because Adam messed up in the East. That's all I can tell you so that you can buy the book. Amen. Uh, not good at this. If it's me now, I would have just said, guys, just get the book and enjoy the life. <laughs> but nevertheless, there's reasons for it. Exodus 12. God is speaking. He says to Moses, speak to all the congregation of Israel saying, on the tenth of this month, every man shall take for himself a lamb according to the house of his father, a lamb for a household. Isn't it amazing how meticulous God is? Not, not, not just uh, this next month, just take uh, a lamb. No, on the tenth. On the tenth of the month. And you'll pick up that all in Exodus is Jesus fulfilling timelessly from the 10th, 14 days to this, from that, if you check out with Jesus, He meets every part of the detail. Why? Because if you do not know what the Old Testament prophesies about Jesus, you will not know the true Messiah in the 21st century. Yeah. You know, it's amazing how the church prophet has come to a place and all our pastors that are in the house, God bless you. But you know, we cannot have a church that comes for messages and never study who God is. We are living in a time of severe challenge on truth. Oh yes. Watch this. Go to verse 13 of Exodus 12. Come on, we all say it together. Now the blood. Say one more time. Say it with like passion. Now the blood. You see, whenever you read that little word now, you know it's heaven. It's got nothing to do. You, heaven can never operate on yesterday or tomorrow. Faith is now. Now the blood. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Heaven's time zone is now. It's you and I that look for tomorrow. Oh yes. But listen. Now the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you and the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. 
I'm telling you something. God is actually telling you in a nice way. Even though you are my child and you disobey me, the plague will hit you. Because obedience is better than sacrifice. But I tell you something, there's nothing like the inconvenience of obedience. Obedience is never convenient. It's inconvenient to obey God. Take your only son, take him up to Mount Moriah, really God. Three days of trauma. And three days I must think I'm my son's killer. Three days and I find my boy asks me, Dad, where's the sacrifice? Now don't worry, God will make provision, but I am the tool to kill you. Isn't it amazing he gets to a place where he's got to obey God. And then God brings a ram, not a lamb. The ram is God's way of respecting leadership. The lamb is for sinners. The ram is for leaders. That's why when you disrespect leaders, you are pushing yourself outside of an inheritance of God that you just can't believe it. You know, everything I have right now can be taken away like that. I have, because you see, where do we put our confidence? We put our confidence in our own security. How much money do you possess that can buy you health when you have cancer? Mm-hmm. Don't be unbalanced. Listen, when I see the blood, you know, prophet said it last night and it just took me. When the lamb gives his blood, he gives his whole life. When Neville gives his heart, he gives some of his life. That's why what is the difference between intimacy and sex? Because you hear people say, uh, my wife and I was intimate. Really? What are you saying? Can you really say the same thing that God and I was intimate? What is intimacy? And what is sex? Sex is an outflow of intimacy, but it's not intimacy. What is intimacy? Intimacy happens all day, brother. Sex happens three minutes later. <laughs> I know. I will wipe this off the table because they are so spiritual people. They don't have sex here. <laughs> because the world has made it bad because God created for procreation and fulfillment. My wife doesn't complete me. She fulfills me. But Christ completes me. So she finds a complete man, not an insecure man. When I married my wife, I find a complete woman because Christ completes her. I have to fulfill her. So when it comes to the essence of Jesus, hey, what is intimacy? Seeing that we all know what sex is. And if you're not married, stay out of it. Because there's no Ten Commandments in my Bible. It's just ten things God don't like me to do so that I can have a relationship with Him. Jews never call it Ten Commandments. It's Moses and the movies. Moses. Moses. I don't want to hang out with a God that comes to me like this in my room. Never. <laughs> Imagine I must introduce Jesus like that to my friends and say, Hey, Jeff, me, Jesus. And Jesus says, Jeff. <laughs> you know why? Because you think, hmm, he's spiritual. <laughs> Jesus was naturally supernatural. He was so natural, Judas had to kiss him so that the rest could know who he is. If Jesus sat here, you wouldn't even know, know it's him. Because you know why in your mind, you're looking for a glow. I died three times in theater. Jesus didn't come into my ward and come to me like this. He walked in like any visitor to a patient. But when he looks at you, he looks right through you. And then he says to me, I've come to let you know that nobody 
can undo what I've done. Nobody. Then he takes me. I'm laying on my bed with all these pipes and a lot of demonic presences come into this ward and they're all mocking me. Where's God? Where's God? I'm trying to pull this stuff off because I'm a fighter by nature. You can, you can mess with my limbs, but as long as I have a voice, I am creative. As long as there's a voice, I have a creative power to stop you. And I can't get it off. And Jesus puts it out to me. No, no. I allowed them to come. So that they can know that I set a table before you in the presence of your enemies. In the presence of your enemies, I have anointed your head with oil. Your cup will run over in spite of the operation. I, I look at this experience with him because I was taken up into heavenly realms. And while I'm taken up, I said to the Lord, you don't know the difference, folk. Let me tell you, the day you die, you're not going to know the difference between here and there. It's like this. In the twinkling of an eye. And then while I'm sitting there, my, my chest is open from the operation. I said to the Lord, uh, where am I? And he said to me, I'm sending you back. I said, back where? Because I don't even know the difference between there and there. And he says, no, there are people praying in the earth for you. And I'm sending you back. Why? Because death needs destiny's permission. That's why I'm loaded with revelation, not because I'm impressive. It's just I'm a carrier of his divine presence and His glory. What a privilege. Everybody that's saved, it's a royal invitation that got you where you are. Royalty believes in you. And so when you look at intimacy, this is intimacy. Jesus, how would you explain intimacy? Neville, love the Lord your God with all your heart. With all your mind, with all your strength. Don't love him with three quarters and give the other quarter to the devil to mess in. Intimacy with God is all your heart. Why, Lord? So that when you meet with people and their needs, all of them can be blessed. All of them can be lifted up. I'm not blessing you to look impressive. I am blessing you to bring others out of the kingdom of darkness so that they can have the life I died for. I shed my blood for them. When I see the blood, I tell you something, when God sees the blood, it's got nothing to do with the devil. Let me get that right. I'll tell you later how it gets there. When God sees the blood, he says that the destroyer will pass over you. The blood is for me to be removed from the judgment of God. Oh yes. My judgment will not come on you, Neville, when I see the blood. There'll be no judgment on you when I see the blood. That's why many people have a problem in understanding that when you live in the power of the blood, heaven will be your home. But I tell you something, if you just, just make it, you'll have at least a reward. But when I see the blood, I will pass over it. I love Jesus. He says it like this. This is my blood. In Matthew 26, 28. Do you mind if I'm, I feel I'm going to preach? This is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. You see, when sin is addressed... Through the blood, the Holy Ghost. There are many bloods in the Bible. From the blood of Abel to the blood of Zechariah. But blood of goats and bulls. But none of them can clean me up. But the blood of Jesus. The fact is today we have a bloodless message. So we have no transformed people. Ah, yeah. 
You have the same problem you had before you met Jesus. Same nyaga nyaga devils. Oh yeah. I mean, after 20 years, you have that same devil that's trying to tell you what he did in your life before you got saved and you can't let this thing go. There's some demons that are begging us to pray for their deliverance. <laughs> oh Lord, where are we going? <laughs> Our message is insufficient. Our preaching is insufficient without the blood. <laughs> if our message was sufficient, Jesus wouldn't have to go to Calvary's cross. He could just die and stay dead. If He gave me a message, just like every other religion in the world gave us a message, but no life. If the message was sufficient, Jesus wouldn't have to go to the cross. And if the message was sufficient, He would have to ask God for another 40 years to live so that He can go to Iran, so that He can go to Iraq, so He can go to Syria, so He can go to New York, so that He can go to Peru, so He can go to Colombia to bring His message into all parts of the world. He would have to revisit Egypt. He would have to come down to Johannesburg. He would have to go to Cape Town. He would have to go to New Zealand, asking God for 40 more years to preach this message of the good news. But no, He doesn't ask God for 30 years. He tells His disciples, I'm going to the cross. I'm going to the cross. I'm going to be at the cross. And at the cross, He sheds His blood because the blood can clean up Syria. The blood can clean up Iran. The blood can clean up Pakistan. The blood can clean up Kruger's door. It's the blood that makes that devil feel his time is up. But the blood gives me access to the Father. Amen. Calvary was not about my son only being removed. <laughs> Calvary was about me having access to Father God. <laughs> you are awesome in this place, mighty God. <laughs> the devil hates it. You are awesome in this place. Have a father. You are worthy of my praise. To you our lives we raise. You are awesome in this place. Mighty God. So wonderful. Maybe you might have added daddy. But Jesus says, when you come, it's our Father who art in heaven. You see, when you open up the Father's house, if you get there one day, and you stand at the house, and you look at the door, if the door is not Jesus, you're at the wrong house. Ah, yes. Jesus, Pastor Herod, Jesus is not the house, is the door. He's the door. But when you come to the door and His name is Jesus and you open up the door, it's Father God. I prepared in my house a mansion for you. Come inside. And if you come inside, I'm going to have fellowship. Not socializing, because socializing has no blood in it. Fellowship has a covenant. I'm going to take us somewhere. Prophet, we are in a space right now that people want the covering, but they don't want the covenant. Oh yeah. Adam, where are you? Adam, where are you? I heard the sound of your voice and I was afraid. I didn't hear you speak English. I didn't hear you have a sentence. I heard a sound. Heaven has a sound so you can identify who is speaking, not a sentence. My wife, when I pick up the phone, I can just say hi. And the sound of my hi tells me that she knows it's me speaking, not anybody else. 
That's why Jesus never introduces himself to the disciples on the storm. Lord, is that you? Hey, Peter, it's J-E-S-U-S. Peter, I don't know if you can still spell. Yeshua, Mashiach. Do you understand, Peter? No. Lord, is that you? It is I. No name, because you must know the sound of His voice. Heaven cleft on the Holy Ghost coming. There was a mighty rushing wind like a sound. That's why when you can't know the sound of His voice, you listen to many voices that's not the sound. Because you're looking for the sentence of the voice. You're not looking for the person of the voice. That's why when prophet speaks, did you enjoy last night? Yeah. My goodness. I tell you something. You listen to the voice behind the voice and you just want to worship God. You just want to go to another level with the Holy Ghost. But when you just look at the person and you do not perceive the sound. Adam, what happened? I heard the sound and I was afraid and I hid where? In the presence. It's amazing you fall and you can still know God is going to come to you. And if you want to still mess further, don't forget Adam was a perfect man when he fell. You're the fallen man, don't mess. You stay in Jesus and deny your flesh. Your insecure <laughs> confidence. I don't need anybody. Really? You're going to need everybody. You know, God's biggest challenge, God the Father, is the spirit of mammon. Why? Because money is a God, just like, just like God. You can do with money anywhere in the world what God does anywhere in the world. Because money is spiritual, not rands and cents. Don't worry, one day when I come back, we'll try and talk about that. So Adam, what have you done? I hid myself, really. And Eve, I'm being blamed for me bringing you to Adam. Really, God? Yes, your husband says, in fact, he says, the woman I gave him. So he's not blaming you. He's blaming me for bringing you to him. The woman you gave me. I was quite cool with the animals, really. <laughs> I was quite okay with all these animals. And you know what? None of them complained when I named them. They were quite okay. I like the way Gibbard said to me one morning. He says, man, the devil labels you, but God names you. Hey, I stood there like this. I said, no, you must take some labels off. Why? Because the label is not who you are. The name has your destiny locked up in a name. So God calls you by name. So He says, where are you, Adam? Eve, what have you done? She says, no, the serpent. Right there you lose your power as a man when you blame other people for your indecisiveness. The moment you don't take responsibility, you transfer the power to the one you blame. And then God does not speak anymore to the man or the woman that does not take responsibility. So God doesn't speak to Adam again. He speaks to Eve. Eve doesn't have what it takes to take responsibility. She transfers the power to the serpent. And from that day, the serpent had power until Jesus came. Oh yes. So when you look at it, so what does God do? Wow, man. Come up here to me. Yeah, come up. Stand here. You're big enough, man. You look like, like Adam and Broad, you know, right? <laughs> look, I'll show you something. This is God. Uh, wow. You know what God does? He kills an animal. The, were you here last night when Prophet said? The covering, the mantle, the adherent, right? God comes, it's the first time an animal has to be separated from God. Through what? A man and a woman 
who separated all of mankind from God. So God takes the covering and he comes like this. He says, let me cover you. Let me cover you. He puts the mantle onto them so that he can have, firstly, fellowship with them. And he's fighting to have what is his most blessed creation called man. You know, God felt bad. I tell you, God felt bad when a third of the angels left him. God knows what, to, what it feels like to lose, man. Even when you get saved, it feels terrible when he loses you again. Oh, yes. And he's going to make sure heaven's your home. But you know what he does? He looks at Adam. And he wants to restore Adam. Wow. Do you know what Adam and Eve does? Turn around like this. And then just walk till there. Just walk till there. Just like that. Just there. And you know what? Instead of the man walking towards the Father, the man has to leave the garden because he rejects the covenant of the covering. Can we give Jesus a hand of praise? God bless you. So many people would love to be covered by encounter, but not covenanted. Oh, yes. That's why you can so easily leave. I'm going to take you to a space. Is that okay? So when Jesus comes and he says, wait in Jerusalem until you are clothed with power from on high. He's not saying, let's just have a great message. He is saying, Neville, the power has shifted from Bethlehem to Jerusalem. Don't hang out in Bethlehem when the cloud has moved to Jerusalem. Because if you don't move with the cloud to Jerusalem, you have good history in Bethlehem. And we honor Bethlehem for the birth of the Messiah. But the Messiah says, the power is in Jerusalem. The power of God is directly related to the location God led you to. Don't leave encounter in the season. Hello. I'm trying to tell you something. He didn't make a mistake when he led you here. He didn't make a mistake. You might not like some people. You might not like what they say. You might enjoy that they never checked on you. But the location, he defined that location. Wait in Jerusalem until the power comes upon you. Give yourselves a hand of praise. You are still here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Wow, we're going to pray for that power tonight. I want to take you to a place now. <laughs> Did you know why Elijah, there's no fire that came for Baal? Do you know why? I tell you. Elijah finds a people, God's people, who came out of Egypt, saw signs, wonders, and miracles, becoming complacent and indifferent. You must protect yourself against complacency, mediocrity, and familiarity. That devil will come in there like a storm. And you know what? He'll actually make you believe you're right. So what Elijah says, he says, I suggest Israel, Israel, Oh, he's not going to say like in Hebrew. <laughs> wow. Like we would say, Adonai. He doesn't say the Lord bless you and the Lord will guard you. He doesn't say that. He says, I tell you, seeing that you have forgotten what God delivered you from, Maybe a good thing to convince you one more time who Jehovah is, who Yahweh really is, who's Adonai. Maybe you've forgotten where you've been delivered from. That's why you've forgotten what to forgive others for. Because you've forgotten what you've been forgiven for. You've forgotten what slavery is in Egypt. You've forgotten the stones that you had to carry every day. You've forgotten that Moses didn't come to me and say, I have a calling. I have a purpose. No, your cries 
You gave Moses a destiny. Your cries came up into heaven. And I said to Moses, I heard the cries of my people. I'm concerned about Kruger's dog. I'm concerned about where they live. I'm concerned about the life they have. I'm concerned about them battling. Now Moses, the cries of the people have given you a calling. And I called you. And so when Moses comes, Elijah faces the same. How many of you know it's the same God in Egypt that is with Elijah? And then he says, maybe Israel is be a good thing. Let's get back to the place of prayer, seeing that we become prayerless. Because prayer is prayer when the fire is released upon you, a new fire for God, a new love for this, etc. So now you come. Guess what he suggests? You know the story. Uh, let's put an altar there. Why would he put an altar? Because there's too many people who want to be alive to themselves. You don't have the fire because of your own desires. You have a fire because you died. Except a corn of wheat falls to the ground and I know when somebody don't like my preaching, I don't get frustrated. A dead man doesn't get frustrated. I can tell you stuff. I'm invited to meetings where the guys made a mistake. There was thousands of hours in the air, sacrificed to go preach at a conference. You get there, there's two of us sitting there, both is going to preach at the same time. So wonderful, isn't it? It takes two of us to get you free. <laughs> but if you're so full of yourself, you want to say, but I travel 17,000 hours to come and sit here. And then you guys mess, 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 mess. <laughs> I look at, I, you know, you can see when things are not right. I say to the Holy Spirit, is a problem. I can hear nearly the Spirit of God say to me, do you think I don't know? <laughs> I say, do I go to the pastor? Yeah. God does not speak to you most of the time. He thinks to you. Yeah, my thoughts are not yours. Communication creates thoughts. That's why John, the prophet John in the river Jordan, hears a voice. The people think it's thunder. But he hears, this is my beloved son. You can sit in this meeting and hear a noise of God and not even know he's here. Because you got to open up your spirit to what? To die to self. Watch this. The question is not very difficult. So you know the story. The altars put up there. We're going to put like a trench with water plus wood plus an animal. If I was the guys from Baal, I would never let them put an animal on there with blood. Never. Because the devil doesn't have a covenant. He has no blood. He hasn't shed blood, so that's why He makes you shed your blood. Because He hasn't got a commitment to covenant with you. But when Elijah puts the blood on the altar, the devil knows it's payback time. It's over. So the blood is on the altar and Elijah gets impatient. Elijah says, uh, guys, you know, it's half a day gone already nearly, man. Is your... Is your God on a toilet somewhere and never think about you? That's what the scripture says. Has he gone on a holiday? Because if you don't have a covenant with me, you're not committed to me. You're not obligated to heal me. You're not obligated to give me provision because you have no covenant with me. That's why in the satanic movement and the occult, you've got to cut your blood to have a blood covenant with somebody that will never be committed to you because there is no blood in the kingdom of darkness from the one that wants to be your God. And you know the story, when the fire comes, the children of Israel say, the Lord, He is God. But you know what happens after that? You can't just acknowledge the fire. You've got to kill the stuff that took you from God. 
Oh yeah, you can't just say uh, but you still have unforgiveness. Mm. I conclude so you can go home and bring your whole family tomorrow. Is that okay? <laughs> 1 John 5 verse 8. Oh, I love it. I'm not going to finish it. I'm just going to say with me. There are three that bear witness on earth, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three agree as one. Now hold it. Do you know in heaven there's no agreement? Because everybody's one in heaven. There's no agreement there. The agreement to bring oneness in the earth is in the earth. Why? Because oneness brings the glory of God. Do you see how long it takes for us to be one? So when you get married, the two shall become? Why? So the glory of God can be in your marriage because out of the glory, God provides for impossibilities to become possible. That's why we're blessed. Roger and myself fight for our life and our love. We fight for it. Because 99% of the devil's time is focused on creating division. But yeah, <laughs> there are three that bear witness, right? The Spirit, the Word, and the blood. And these three agree in one. Now it's just stay with me. I go to Genesis, hey prophet, you stirred up some stuff inside of me, man. My, wow. I, in Genesis chapter 1, uh, the, the Spirit of God hovered over the deep. So here's the Spirit, here's the water. What does water do? It brings separation. That's why baptism is not to be played with. Because the water separates you from a life of yesterday to the glory of God. It's the water. It's the water that brings the separation and many other reasons for it. But look at this. So where is the lamb? Where is the blood? If the earth has three witnesses that operate last night, all three witnesses is in the house. And if the blood, where is the blood in Genesis chapter 1? I'll show you. Just go to... Uh, Genesis chapter 1 verse 3. I think let's rather just go there. Somebody say with me, you cannot separate the blood from the Spirit of God. Continue saying, where there is no blood, there is no Holy Spirit. See, the water brings separation in Genesis 1. And God said, you see, you have Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Genesis chapter 2, there's chaos in the earth. The Holy Ghost is hovering over the deep. The water is there, the deep. It's all there. And then, where's the Lamb? Because there's three witnesses in the earth. Go with me to Revelation chapter 21. Look at verse 9. Oh, I love this verse. Wow. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls filled with the seven last plagues came to me and talked with me saying, Come, I will show you the bride. Not Jesus' wife, the Lamb's wife. It's not amazing to have a husband like Jesus that cleans you up every day. <laughs> you wake up in the morning, he's brushing your teeth. <laughs> you wake up in the morning, he says, I want you to be so clean that when I look at you, my job is to present you to myself a glorious bride. Therefore, marriage is not about you and, and Roger Neville. Marriage is about the bride and the bridegroom. The bridegroom must present me to himself, a glorious bride, without spot and without blemish. How can he do that? The blood. He's got to be the lamb. 
the bridegroom, the lamb's wife. Now go to verse 22. It's amazing. God says in Genesis 1 verse 3, Let there be light. There's no sun, no moon, no nothing. These things only come here by day number four, somewhere there. Seasons are created on day number four. And then God by His grace says, Let there be light. And there's no sun and moon. Now the Holy Ghost reveals what the light really is. And the light has got two connotations. Look at this. Verse 22, I saw no temple in it. For the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city had no need of the sun or of the moon to shine in it. For the glory of God illuminated it. The Lamb is its light. So God cannot clean up chaos in the earth without the blood. So the blood in heaven cleans up heaven when Lucifer fell. The Lamb of God was slain before the foundation of the world because wherever sin shows up, you don't need a psychologist to remove sin. You need the blood of Jesus to remove sin. And when the blood moves, you will never ever again think about the stuff that kept you in bondage because the blood will remove your sin as far as the east is from the west and God will remember it no more. That's why some mornings I get up just to upset that devil. I walk into my time of prayer and I say, let me remind you in the kingdom of darkness, where is the sign of my sin? Where is the evidence of my sin? Because the blood has removed it as far as the east is from the west and God remembers it no more. I say to the Lord, Lord, where is my son? He says, I'm sorry, I forgot. I don't have a memory about something that the blood removes. I don't put it in my memory box, but what I will put in my memory box, if you have a conversation about somebody about me, Neville, I've got a book of remembrance. I have a book in which when you talk about Jesus, how many of you know one day when you get to heaven, you're going to have tonight recorded, you can actually go read everything I said. <laughs> Somebody say, yes, Lord. The Spirit, the water, and the blood. Prophet, we are about to come to Egypt and we have the blood on the doorpost. Mm -hmm. How many of you know, we get to the Red Sea, we find the water. 50 days later, you find the dove. That's the calendar of Calvary. Mm. And guess what? At Calvary, <laughs> they pierce him. What comes out of his side? Water and blood. What is water and blood? It's about to give birth to the third dimension, the Holy Ghost, the mantle of God. And when the mantle comes, thousands come to the kingdom because where the presence of God is, people will come to where the presence of God is. And when they come, why do you think Jesus has to clean up heaven? Because my dear brother, he doesn't want you to come into a contaminated environment. He cleans it up. Why did He call you to be fishers of men and not hunters of animals? Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Why? Because the earth is cursed, but not the ocean. So every fish is uncontaminated with a blessing on it because the earth is cursed but not the ocean. So He brings to you your calling. I want you to become a fisher of men. I want you to work in the blessing of the blood and not in the curse of it. I want you to do something right now. Hey, you see when it comes to when God sends one man by the name of Jonah to save a city because of the blood, it's radical evangelism. When God takes a man like prophet 
and takes him from the highways and the byways and causes him to rise up and then takes the disqualified and qualifies the disqualified. God has made that possible because of the blood that is radical evangelism of God. When God takes one man and shifts things, it's radical. Are you next? Because the blood has also reached you. Can we give Jesus just a shout of praise? Give Him the glory. Give Him all the honor. Give Him all the praise. Hallelujah. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. Where their blood flows, devils must go. Where the blood flows, there's healing. There's one thing, just remain standing, just remain standing. Did you notice something in the earth? Oh man, I can feel something of God here. Let me tell you something. Did you notice in the earth? If a man denies that he's the father of a kid, guess what? They're going to check the blood. Because the blood never lies. There's no deception in the blood. Did you know natural blood has got a lot of antibodies? So anything that's foreign that comes into my body, God raises up an antibody to take hold. You know how many antibodies is in the blood of Jesus? Every spirit of darkness that shows up. Did you notice something when Jesus says, spirit of infirmity? This woman is like this. She's like this. And Jesus looks at her and says, spirit of infirmity, come out of her, let her go. When, when the spirit leaves, she comes up. What is that? That means every demon is a carrier of something. And when that demon is told by Jesus to leave, it must leave with its goods. That's why when it leaves with the infirmity of a bent up person, the person comes up straight. When that infirmity was brought by a spirit that carries blindness, when Jesus tells that spirit to leave, the blindness has to go. When that devil moves into your marriage to try and mess it up and he leaves your marriage, all of a sudden you love the man you wanted to leave. Hello? All of a sudden you realize that when you got married, this was genuinely gone. And where did that other stuff come from? Deception. Father, I worship you. We give you the glory. We give you all the honor. We bless your holy name. 